This is Walking Your Talk, a podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Over my career, I've worked with well over 100,000 leaders in every kind of organization, people who are committed to closing the gap between their own values and those of their organization and how they show up every day. I wrote a book called Walking the Talk on how you change corporate culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks their talk, then this podcast is for you. Perfectionism, it really is the enemy of simplicity. And in today's episode, which is one of the series that we're doing on simplicity, I want to show you an alternative to perfectionism, which I think is one of the most powerful shifts in my own thinking that I was able to make. It's called Fit for Purpose, and you'll hear more about that in a minute. In last week's episode, we explored the idea of simplicity being a value and just how passionate we have to be to make that happen. But that even when we really are passionate, there are three drivers, three limitations, three barriers that I've found just very, very common in many leaders across many different organizations, which make it very difficult for them to walk their talk on simplicity and to lead it authentically for other people. Because these barriers drive them towards complexity and mean that even though they try to simplify processes and so on, they still make life complicated for themselves and for other people. And so one of those drivers that we're going to focus on today is perfectionism. And when you've got a strong perfectionistic drive, what happens is you find it difficult to prioritize or to focus or to cut things out. And you end up generating a huge amount of work for yourself and for other people. So when I was preparing for this episode, I thought back to two organizations that I have worked with and loved over many years both of whom had this perfectionistic drive and both of whom were trying to make things simple. But they had different causes to them. And I think it's worth just talking a little bit about them. One of them, the perfectionism really was being driven by one individual who just happened to be the CEO. So obviously absolutely key in terms of the influence that he had on the culture and on everyone else's behavior. And he himself had very, very strong need for detail. He loved detail. He loved getting deeply involved in all of the ups and downs and bits and pieces of the organization. And he would send sometimes 50 emails over a weekend. And every one of them would be asking, you know, tell me about why X, Y, Z. And that one request would generate, you know, like three weeks of work for somebody. And so the whole organization was starting to be geared around generating these huge amounts of information for this one individual. The other organization, actually, it wasn't embedded in one organization. It had become what really was a pattern of behavior that seemed to be embedded across the whole organization. So I think probably they had hired for this trait. And when we did some deep analysis of a number of their leaders, what we discovered was that well over half of them had this desire for everything to be perfect, a feeling that nothing was ever good enough as the main behavior that other people saw in them and that people found very challenging. And so in that organization, they were really struggling 
to get focused, to prioritize, to pick which strategy they were going to do to only do the things that really mattered because so many of the key people were themselves not able to do that. They were creating complexity and more and more complexity. So with that as a background, I want to introduce to you two ideas that I just love. One of them is the idea of enough, the word enough. I find that word profound. Profound because it's so the opposite of what much of our life is about now. We always feel we have to be more. We've got to be better. So the idea of this is good enough, I am good enough indeed, is a pretty big idea. And so in order to help you to get your head around that idea, I want to introduce a very positive concept, which is fit for purpose. So imagine if you could reposition in your mind and in the minds of your people that perfect was the ability to absolutely work out what is fit for purpose and the simplicity of only doing just what is fit for purpose, just that enough, and that that is actually the highest form of perfectionism. It's not to get everything perfect. It's to work out what needs to be perfect and what actually doesn't. You know, what is good to be good enough or fit for purpose? To do that, you need to think about that word purpose. What does it mean to be purposeful? What does it mean to go into any meeting, to prepare any presentation, to write any report, to look at your calendar and know what you're going to put in and what you're not on the basis of being purposeful. What is the purpose of this report? What is the purpose of this meeting? What is the purpose of my spending time perfecting this particular thing? What is the purpose of my trying to, the way I'm dressing today, anything? Being purposeful means starting with that in mind and then working backwards to what would be absolutely right for that purpose? What would be fit for that purpose? And sometimes that will mean something that is close to perfection, but other times it doesn't mean that. It means that we can do something much less than that. I worked some years ago uh, with Google, and it was fascinating. One, they were incredibly fast-paced, but because they were incredibly fast-paced, they never wanted us to prepare these detailed PowerPoint presentations of what kind of event we were going to run with them. They just wanted everything on an email because their principle was there's no no point in creating PowerPoints. This is just something we're going to do next week. After that, it'll be gone. Just send me an email about what you're going to do. And it was so liberating and so sensible and so contributing to their being fast-paced. So think, for example, you know, what, what I have to put together, say I'm going to put, run a session with our team tomorrow. What I put together doesn't have to have the same level of perfectionism as if I'm going to stand up in front of 2000 people and do a 20 minute talk where you've got to nail it the first time. And I know I have to get it right. So just that, what is fit for purpose? What is my purpose? That's one thing I think to think about. And then the other thing to think about, which goes a little bit deeper is that this word enough goes back a long way. For most of us, we have thoughts about whether or not it's good enough, or indeed whether I'm good enough. And those thoughts might even go back as far as my childhood. You know, I remember in this organization I was saying where nearly everybody was driven by this desire to be perfect, some of the 
coaching conversations I had with people where they talked about, you know, their relationship with their children and, you know, a father who, who just essentially drummed into them that, you know, you have to be perfect. It's never enough. It's never good enough. Don't ever let yourself think that anything is good enough. And that just became eventually not only that it isn't good enough, but that I am not good enough. So imagine if you believed that you were enough. Just that thought, I am enough. Now, I like to work with beliefs that we have, because very often beliefs that we have, we have running around in our minds for perhaps all of our lives or most of our lives. And some of them are just not useful anymore. Not only are they not true, but they're not useful. And so sometimes I think we can look at those beliefs and bring them out and take them out of that dark place where they tend to run us unconsciously and say, hmm, this is what I believe. Speaking as a woman, this one about I'm not enough is, I mean, men have it too. I know men who have it, but oh my goodness, it drives most of the women that I know, including me. I am enough. This is enough. This is fit for purpose. So I'm going to give you two exercises today to practice on this element, which may be inhibiting your ability to authentically lead an aspiration and a value of simplicity, to actually walk that talk yourself. The first exercise is to take this phrase fit for purpose and play with it this week. Talk about it to people who you're with. Talk about it with teams where you're considering something, to you're about to do something. Ask that question. What's the purpose? What is the purpose of what we're about to do? And what would be a fit solution for that? The right solution, a good enough solution, a solution which absolutely gives us that purpose but doesn't give us more than that. Just try it out. Try it out with talking to others and you'll see how quickly people latch onto it because it's such a great phrase. And the second exercise is more of a self-reflection, which is to start to swirl this word enough around in your mind and to really consider what beliefs you might have about good enough, me being enough. And then to take one of those beliefs, bring it out into the open and consider whether you could start to reframe it. And by reframing it, I mean swirling a different belief, a different phrase around in your mind. Maybe what I do is enough in these circumstances, or often I am enough. You might not be ready to say I am always enough, but this is enough. Or who I am is not caught up with what I do. I'm enough no matter what I do. So just play around with some of those beliefs. See if you can identify the one that has maybe run your life and see if you can play around with introducing something a little bit different and what impact that might have on your ability to create simplicity, not only for others, but also for yourself and potentially for your organization and all the benefits that go with that. Less stress, more well-being, the ability to make strategic choices, to take up less time, to be more efficient, to be more agile, to be faster. There are just so many benefits that come from tackling this. And those clients I was talking about started to see those benefits really quickly. So that's what I invite for you from this podcast. Now, next week, we're going to look at another element of the Simplicity series, and that is the difficulty that many of us have in making choices 
and how that actually adds complexity. So thank you for joining and I'll see you next week.